0: Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. This is Sports Day.
1: Welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you. Be part of the show. Join us. We can see you out there. Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736 or text in 0427 154 166. We've got a double pass to give away to Australia v. The West Indies on Sunday, the T20 game at the Adelaide Oval thanks to budget, car and truck rental. Moving house, use the team that's easy and affordable, Thirteen twenty seven twenty seven. 27 27. G'day, mens. Hey, going, bonds. I'm really good today. I'm, I'm up and about today.
2: Is that because you turned the TV on and within a blink of an eye the ODI game was finished? It was amazing. I was uh, listening
1: to the SEN call on the way in here, and uh, the boys just smashing them to all parts.
2: Well, they did. Especially, I mean, the West Indies didn't smash them to all parts. No. It played in Canberra today. If you went to Canberra and you wanted to watch a four days of cricket you would have seen 30 overs. Expecting nearly 100, you got 30 overs. Yeah,
1: it was a bit disappointing on the Wendy's behalf. But let's get into that. Thanks to Nutrien
2: Ag Solutions. Going further for
1: Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. Australia won the toss, put the West Indies in. They bowled them out for 86. 86. 86. Uh, Bartlett, four for 21. So he's averaging in his ODI international career, four wickets a game
2: i got a statistic for you. Yes. Xavier Butler is the first player in the history of Australian cricket to be a player of the match in his first two games playing for Australia. There you go. In ODIs, Don't quote me on that one. But uh, about- <laughs> he's, he's one player of the match for four for 17 and four yeah. for 21. He's going all right. He, he's an incredible start to his... International career, again, it is against the West Indies, but you can only take wickets against who you're bowling against. So 86, we bowled them out for. How long do you reckon it took us to get those runs? Well, I would have, when I saw it was 86, I thought, okay, they're going to chase it down pretty quickly, maybe 12 or 13 overs. Yeah,
1: 6.5. Wow. Uh, Fraser McGurk, 41, our Fraser McGurk, 41 off
2: 18 balls. Uh, Josh Inglis, 35 not out, off 16 balls. Isn't Australian cricket, although they're not the most popular people at the moment with the general public, in a great position at the moment? We've won everything. We've got Fraser McGurk, who's come in and did what he did today. Xavier Butler's 25 years of age. They just are producing and getting players come through beautifully. And again, uh, we've taken the clean sweep over the Windies.
1: Lance Morris in the side, took a couple of wickets today. Off his, I think he had four overs, two for thirteen, something like that. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, they look they they were excellent. This is the new this is the new breed. It is. of Australian one day cricketers. So oh, uh, I mean,
2: Cam Green, they're batting him at three, so that's an example there. Aaron Hardy's in the lineup. Matt Short's getting a, a run in, which is good to see as well. He didn't play in today's game, but. Uh, Yeah, they were far too good, which means that they set their sights on the T20 series, the upcoming T20 series against the West Indies. Also a three-game series, that one.
1: Yes, and I have the squad also for New Zealand. Ooh! So the Australians have announced today the T20 squad for New Zealand, and it is stacked, men's. Mitch Marsh captain, then Pat Cummins. Tim David, Nathan Ellis, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Josh Inglis, Glenn Maxwell, Matt Short, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Marcus Stoinis, Matthew Wade, Dave Warner, Adam Zampa. Wow. Where is Sean Abbott? Um, (laughs) He's not going to make this sign. Don't (laughs) be ridiculous, man.
2: As you've read that out, there is some serious names in there, which means that there's going to be some guys miss out as well. So, again, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. Who opens the batting for Australia mm. with Matt Short coming in? They've decided to go with Inglis in the one-day format. David Warner is in the T20 squad. He's back in Steve Smith. So it's uh, It's going to be a very good series against the Kiwis over there, who always play very well at home, New Zealand.
1: Yeah, and um, good to see Tim Payne, who is now an adopted South Australian. He's assistant coach at the Strikers. Yep. Uh, part of the Sen family, uh, also uh, he stuck up for. He had a bit of a go at the selectors for not opening Matt Short.
2: Yeah, I did hear that actually. Yeah, which I agree with that. Why wouldn't you have put we him? Had, yeah, well, we had this discussion last like, week. Why, why wouldn't you? He's been in incredible form. He's gone back to back player of the tournaments in the Big Bash. Don't have a lot to lose. Uh, if he doesn't make runs, then you just don't put him there in the future. But it, you play him against the West Indies of all teams. Why wouldn't you? And yeah, I agree with Tim Payne.
1: Mark's called in. He's on the line. Now, Mark text in saying, uh, my wife and I would love to go see the Australian team at Adelaide Oval on Sunday. But, Mark, did you go and uh, see the Aussie ladies play last weekend? Oh, certainly did,
3: mate. It was great to see them give the South African ladies a good eye.
1: Certainly did. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you, so if we had a couple of tickets for you right here in uh, Daniel's Skyrocket, you'd be happy to uh, have them and go to Adelaide Oval Sunday night. Mate, well, my wife and I would appreciate it absolutely so much. What do you
2: reckon, men's? I reckon we can send him to another demolition. We've seen the women's team demolish South Africa, and I think you might see the same thing on Sunday night in the men's format against the Windies. We're going to give them to him? Yeah, let's give them to him. Let's do it. Congratulations, Mark.
1: You won uh, that double pass to the T20. Uh, Have a great time, you and your wife. Enjoy it Sunday night. Weather will be perfect. So uh, thanks for being part of the show and texting in.
3: No worries. Thanks a lot, guys. And, uh, yeah, go to the Aussies, mate. (laughs)
1: That's it. Thanks, Mark. Mark Mark is off to the cricket. And we still have one double pass to give away. Yep, thanks to Budget Car and Truck Rental. Moving House Use the team that's easy and affordable. And thirteen twenty-seven twenty-seven is their number. So still got a double pass to give away. T twenty Sunday night, Australia taking on West Indies. I think it's going to be about 30 degrees. So it's be beautiful.
2: It will be a beautiful night uh, at the Adelaide. At we'll get along to it before we obviously head over to that New Zealand to take them on in the series over there. Bonds, there's been some AFL rule changes heading into this upcoming season that have been announced today. Are they tweaks or are they changes? Uh it's They've said rule changes. Mm. They're somewhat more. They look more like tweaks to us. Yeah. Um, but we'll go over a couple of them. Okay. This one's an interesting one. So the sub rule we know is going to continue in 2024, but clubs will now name an extended bench of five players instead of four, which they did last year, and three emergencies. And then each team's sub will be confirmed 60 minutes prior to the match. So last year they had four on the bench, and then one of their emergencies would be the sub. This year, it is going to be five named on the bench, and then they'll pick that sub and confirm it 60 minutes prior to the game. Can you please explain why they're making that change? I actually have no idea why they're doing this for a number of purposes. I mean, we're going to talk with Warning later in the show from the traders about AFL Fantasy. AFL Fantasy coaches won't be happy because they'll start a player on the ground in 60 minutes for the game if they're not following it. We'll find out he's a sub from the five players on the bench. There's a lot of other reasons, though, as well. People will have no idea if they – they might be playing footy during the day. The game's on a Saturday. You're setting your team or you're doing other things, and then all of a sudden that guy's a sub. You know why they changed that rule? Why? Because there was someone sitting there who
1: hadn't made – they'd done nothing for a week or two, and he needed to look
2: proactive. So so the rule got changed. So he, he keeps his job. Well, it looks like they've done the same thing here with a couple of these other oh, tweaks or changes. Um, I mean, I'm not against this one. Straight arm blocks will be permitted in a ruck contest. So, therefore, a ruckman can now, I guess, control the space of the footy with his arm, which has been paid a free kick against in the past from not allowing the other ruckman to jump. Yeah, I like that. I don't, that, that I,
1: that's I that's common like,
2: sense there. No, I quite like that one as well. Um, they've cracked down on... Uh, a couple of things. So the crackdown on, remember the Braden Maynard incident where he jumped off the ground? Yes, and to smother the ball. To smother the ball and hit Angus Brayshaw. So they've cracked down on that. If you jump off the ground now, that has taken away your benefit of doubt. It is basically being deemed careless, and you have to make sure that you don't then cannonball into someone, a little bit like Cozy Pickett, I think, did mm. last year as well. So if that happens this year, it will definitely be a suspension, whereas last year was up in the air. Do you like that? Uh, I do. I mean, it means that you can't effectively cannibal players. That We know it's the head they're trying to protect, so that's a big part of it. Uh, Your favourite tweak, I believe, is whistling from the interchange bench is now prohibited. This is hilarious. Whistling. This is hilarious. Um, Does does that mean that... You're going to buy tickets to every game gonna, that Hawthorne plays in and sit in the, behind gonna, the opposition bench sit, and whistle? So
1: when Hawthorne come to play port, I'm going to sit behind the port bench and whistle my butt off. Oh, <laughs> I, that, what? Is there a need to do that? No, Why no, would they do that? That
2: one's just – that's the most pointless thing I've ever heard. But that's the one of – the point you made around someone sitting there wanting to keep their job, and <laughs> they've gone, hey, I've got a, I've got uh, something for you. Just back on the ruck yep.
1: uh, decision, which we'd like the straight arm out, you can create your own space – should the third ruck, should the third man up Ruck rule? Should we bring that back?
2: Oh, I have no issue with that. Potentially clears congestion. Yeah. Um, the the issue they have is, again, Ruckman getting injured, someone jumping into him. Um, I didn't mind it. I quite liked it in the game. It's a real confusing one for mine at local level. If you, yeah. <laughs> you're playing different competitions, you don't know whether you can go third man up or not. So, it, yeah, that's a confusing one. Also, the other one that's sort of been tweaked a little bit is – The action of a player ruled to have committed a strike when intentionally shoving or fending an opponent will now be graded as intentional rather than careless. So if you go to fend someone else and you effectively whack him in the face, that will then be a much greater penalty than what it was last season. Mm, Not sure about that one. Yeah, they're just adding a few things I'm not sure they have to do. Yeah.
1: Um, Tell us what you think on the text line, 0427-154-166. and you could be off to see the T20 Australia v. the West Indies. Uh, thanks to Budget Car and Truck Rental, Moving House, use the team that's easy and affordable, Thirteen twenty-seven twenty-seven.
2: I do think the sub rule with the five players that will then be four players with an hour to go and one of those players will become the sub will be the one that fans will be least happy with. Yeah, I think you're right. Because they'll, you yeah. won't know, at least last year you knew who was in the starting 22. You yep. knew they were playing. And then one of the guys came in as a sub. This this year, you don't. One of those guys on the bench will be the sub. And you don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, Men's,
1: you've been giving a sample preview over the last couple of nights. and You've been going from the 10th position up to the top. You've got South in 10th, West in 9th, Port in 8th, the Eagles in 7th. Tonight, you do 6th and 5th for just quality home improvements. Um
2: I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the South Adelaide, West Adelaide, Port and Eagles fans out there think I'm an idiot, putting their team in 10th, 9th, 8th and 7th. But there's Not just just those fans. (laughs) (laughs) Might be a few others. It's a great (laughs) call, Bonds.
1: We'll we'll leave there. We've got true or false coming up as well, thanks to Kia. Epic has arrived. The all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. We got warning from the traders, as you mentioned before, uh, AFL fantasy. If you need to, uh, you need to listen in after later in the show. Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Warning from the traders talking AFL fantasy.
2: And next, I am going to give you my Super Bowl preview. Super Bowl is this upcoming Monday. I'm going to yes. give you the preview into who's
1: going to win the Super Bowl. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. You are listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA.
0: Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA.
1: Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA, Bonds and Men's with you. You can be part of the show, The Open Line. For Nutrient Ag Solutions is one 736 736 or text in 0427-154-166. Going further, for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Don't forget, we got a double pass to give away to the T20 on Sunday. Australia taking on the West Indies at the Adelaide Oval for budget car and truck rental moving house. Use the team that's easy and affordable, 13 27 Men's time for your All-American Update. Curry, long distance.
0: Bang! This is-
1: For Nutrient Ag Solutions going
2: further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at Nutrient.com.au. Yes, it's Super Bowl Monday. This Monday, 10am here in South Australia is when it is basically kick-off for the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the Chiefs... Uh, underdogs in this Super Bowl, as they were last year against the Eagles, which is rather amazing when you think about. They've got Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. So, Bonds, let's just have a little preview into the game, the road to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, with a three seed in the AFC, they beat the Dolphins in the wild card round, twenty six to seven, did it comfortably. Then they beat the Bills, twenty seven to twenty four, in the divisional round, and then the Ravens uh, a weekend ago, in the conference championship, seventeen to ten, on their way to the Super Bowl. So if you look at those scores, their defense has been the thing that has stood up. They conceded less than 14 points a game in playoffs. And Mahomes has been pretty huge as well, but no interceptions in the playoffs for him. Uh, and then um, and then for the 49ers, uh, they're the number one seed in the NFC. And they beat the Packers 24-21 to in the divisional round. They beat the Lions 34-31 to in the conference championship. They should not have won that game. They were behind in both games. And their defense has not been very good throughout these playoffs. But it's their firepower on offense that has stood up. And Brock Purdy has actually been pretty good for the 49ers, their quarterback so far. Yes. So where will the game be won and lost? Well, if you look at the quarterbacks, Mahomes and Purdy, you give advantage to the Chiefs there. Pacheco versus McCaffrey in the running backs. McCaffrey you'd give advantage in the 49ers. I like the wide receivers on the 49ers as well. Kelsey and Kittle is going to be a great matchup between the tight ends. I think, though, where the game will be won will be the offensive line and the defensive line, which is your big blokes at the front. And I think that San Fran has a better O-line and better D-line than Kansas City does. And that means that, realistically, Patrick Mahomes should be pressured more than Brock Purdy is, but not just Brock Purdy, then Christian McCaffrey, the running back of San Fran, who a lot of people are high on to win the MVP on Monday. And with that in mind, I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers to win – 23-20. 23-20. to 20. They've won both their games in the playoffs this year by a field goal, by three points. So I'm going to continue with that trend. I think both defences will be good in this game. San Fran's rested off two weeks, and the Chiefs have been late all year on defence. I think it'll be 23-20. to 20. The 49ers will win the Super Bowl after losing to the Chiefs A couple of years ago, or three years ago, who do you think will win?
1: Uh, Niners, because it was the Niners or Ravens for me always.
2: So now it's the Niners and uh, yes. And don't forget, you can hear um, the call on SEM. Jerry Waitley will be calling the game. So Monday morning, that is ten AM here locally in South Australia. Uh, So while we're on the All American Sports Update, uh, let's get on to the NBA. I'm going to do a little MVP update. So. I'm just going to go 4-1 to here. I think there's four players that can win the MVP as we stand in the NBA. has missed too many games now. He's going to be out for a long time. I've got Luka Doncic at four. I've got SGA, Gilgis Alexander from OKC at three. Can win it. What an outstanding year he's had. At two, I've got Giannis. He's always up there. But, again, Nikola Jokic. It's just amazing what he does day in, day out. And I think he'll win another MVP. It'll be his third in four years. The favourites to win the whole NBA this year, I think in the East, there is one standout. Boston. It is the Boston Celtics. The wild cards are the Bucks, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Pacers. They're the only four teams that I think can win the East. When we go to the West, there's two favourites. All year it's been the Nuggets, but there's one other team now that can win it all, I reckon, and that is the Los Angeles Clippers. They have got it. They're flying. They have got it all together with that quartet. The wild cards in the West, the Suns, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, And the Sacramento Kings have started to put together some good basketball. Could win the West. So there is 11 teams there that I think can win the championship this year. The Lakers, they're done. They can't win it this year.
1: All right, uh, your American update, men's. Uh, we're going to get to Trevor, who's called in. Uh, warning coming up soon from the traders for Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot trade members get trade pricing. Sign up today. And uh, just quality home improvements open line 1300 736 736, just like Trevor has. Trevor, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Oh,
3: hello, boys. How are you? Oh,
1: good. Well. What do you got for us?
3: That's good. Uh, I'll just uh, ring it up for the tickets for, uh, for the T20 on Sunday night. Oh, that's good. And I'd love to go. Uh,
1: you think the Aussies are just clean up the West Indies or what?
3: Yeah, they will, but uh, we might get more than two hours like a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Can only hope,
1: Trevor. <laughs> All right, we've got those tickets for you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for calling in and being part of the show. I'll hand you back to Sammy uh, and he'll I'll
3: look after you. Sorry, we were married on Australia Day 1980. And
2: every year for our wedding anniversary, when we go to the cricket. Oh, oh is beautiful. elites!
1: Uh, we'll enjoy the cricket. You've got a keeper there too, just quietly. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Trevor. I'll put you back to Sam. Oh, stay with us. Another double pass to uh, the T20. Well done, Trevor. You've earned that one. And we'll be back very soon. We're going to speak to Warnie from Warnie. The Traders. All things AFL Fantasy coming up on the summer edition of Sports ASA with Bonds and Men's.
0: Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.
1: Welcome back to the Summer Edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonser, Dan Menzel with you. You can be part of the show, the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. It's 1300 736 736 or text in 0427 154 166 expert in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawns, and roof restorations. Men's, I've been looking forward to this. and Me too. We found out last week that we're going to speak to this man. I've been looking forward to it because he can help everyone, including everyone in this room. Sam's in the studio as well because he wants some tips from Warney <laughs> as well. So thanks to Tyre Power, big brands, better sale. It's on now. Get into your local independent-owned Tyre Power today. Tyre Power, helping you drive safe this summer. From the traders to talk all things AFL fantasy, it is the Warn Dog. Warnie, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Oh,
3: it's great to be here. I love talking about fantasy footy. And I love talking to, about it with uh, legends from South Australia because there's lots of fantasy love over there.
1: All right, just firstly for the people that aren't heavily involved in fantasy, it's the season's not too far away. Can you tell us the difference between classic and draft leagues?
3: Yeah, I guess classics, um, probably the one that is well played by more people and that is the uh, salary cap game. So you're given the $15.8 million like the clubs are given at the start of the year and um, you try to pick a team and you've got 30 players to select and what they do is score points for you each week and that's all based on what the players in your team do. So a kick is worth 3 points a handball worth 2. If you kick a big sausage roll that's worth 6. So pretty much you're trying to pick players that will um, yeah, score you decent points and because it's under a salary cap you've got to be picking, you can't just have a team full of stars, you've got to sort of spread your cash out a little Bit and so um, it's a very exciting sort of format to play because you can be playing that in leagues against your mates, but it's also a big overall competition. So, draft works basically the same way, it's, but the difference is that you're just playing that against your league of mates. And once someone's picked a player, no one else can have them. So, if you had number one pick in the draft, you might choose to pick. Tim English, who was the high scorer last season, and no one else can have him. So you're the only one with him. And a ruck is very important, obviously, to have in your side. And he was absolutely dominant last season. So if you started with that, he's a captain option for you, but also the best ruck in the competition. So draft is very fun. That's the one I'd probably prefer to play with my mates. We, um, we have a fair bit of fun with that one.
2: Yeah, I agree with your warning. I think the classic is brilliant, but the draft, you actually get to draft with your mates. It's uh, You're the only one with that player, which I love as well. So we'll start on the classic version, though. Who is You mentioned Tim English there as the number one player. Is, he, is, is it as simple as he's the number one ruck this year? Is it Marshall? Is Grundy going to be potentially there? If we're looking at the ruck department, who do you think will be the strongest hopes this year in terms of a classic format?
3: Yeah, well, I still think that English is probably going to be right up there, and Marshall wasn't too far behind. So they're probably one and two. But the thing I do like, and this is where classic works really well in trying to find your value, some cheaper players. You've got Grundy and Gone who have well, they've pretty much been one and two for the better part of the last decade anyway, and they had to play together last year, and that affected both of their scoring. So. Uh, their prices are essentially based on last year's performance, and because they were sharing the ruck, and probably not their, their output wasn't as good as what we'd expect from them, they're actually a little bit cheap. And so, I'm super excited about what Brody Grundy can do because we, we dubbed him the ruck pick a few years ago because he was one of the best scorers in the competition and doing better than any rucks have ever done. So, we're hoping that he can dominate there up at the Swans. So, he only averaged 75 last year, and he's actually averaged 120 twice in his season. So, I'm not Sure, he gets there before, but it uh, gets there again. But I reckon that he is super valuable. Same goes so Gone. So they might be my two rucks that I start with, despite the fact that I think that English and Marshall were probably the best two. But I think those two offer the value to get closer to them, if that makes sense. It does. So you're not going to be stranded on Exeri or Cherry Island this year? <laughs> well, thinking about that, I, I don't mind it because uh, what we do love is a ruck that can ruck by themselves. So anyone that shares, a lot of, I don't think rucks like playing with anyone else. They don't like sharing their toys. So we want them rucking up, racking up those points for us in the ruck. So anyone that rucks by themselves is a solo ruck, which we reckon uh, I'll make next area. So Tristan Cherry from North Melbourne should be. Um, he's still a good option, but I just like that premium nature that I think Grundy and Gone could be back like the good... old days. Uh, Just on the classic as well, I wanted to ask you about finding the right balance of rookies, premiums and cash cows. And uh, for those not attuned to the fantasy language, could you also run us through just what a cash cow is? (laughs) Yeah, cash cows are the sort of player that's starting at one of the, the cheaper prices. So basically the cheapest player in the game is 200k, and that's basically we call them, like a rookie, maybe a, a first-year player that hasn't hit the park yet. They're, they're down there at um, $200,000, although you pay a bit of a premium for the higher draft pick. So Harley Reid, who actually is the most popular player in the game, but he's at $300,000. So that's sort of what we call our cash cows or our rookie price players and what they do because they don't have like a high bar to go up in price so pretty much if they're scoring more than 30 points, their, their price increases. And so hopefully those players are you know scoring 60s, 70s, and they start making you some coins. So they're the cash cows, and what you'd like to do with them is a bit of a stock market game. They might make you some cash, and then you sell them down for another cash cow that um, is coming through the system. And it can work very nicely as you build your team up. You're sort of what you want to try to do as the season goes on. You get two trades a week in Fantasy Classic, and so what you're trying to do with those is buy, oh, maybe the buys mid-season, you're trying to get a team full of as many premiums as you can as you're as you trying to win your league premiership or if you are trying to hunt for that car as well, which is uh, always a nice thing that probably the most exciting part for a lot of fancy coaches is if you finish in the top 100, you, you get a money can't buy hat. And I mm. think for some people, that, mm. is, that is the thing that you are, are aiming for. You get a hat with your, your finishing rank on it if you're in the top 100. And it's nice to see some of those out in the wild because you know that those coaches have worked pretty hard to get there.
1: All right, warning. Uh, let's have a look at maybe your top three premiums that are just locks. Like every guy, every player should have these three guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a few, and it's hard to call some locks at, at some point, but I reckon if I start in defense, I, I reckon Hayden Young, um, we like a little bit of more midfield time. That's probably one of those things that we, see overdone in the pre-season although this year we see more of that more half back time at the moment for a lot of players and we know that can be a juicy role for fantasy if you're getting some of those cheap Uh, Mark and Kicks, our little plus sixes back there. But I think that um, Hayden Young is probably my defender that is the must-have, and and he can take his game to the next level. He spent a bit of time in the midfield at the end of last season, and that's what it's looking like happening this year. So he'll be my first pick back there. And I'm finding it hard to choose between, and this is a bit of South Australia love here, for um, Butters and Rosie. They are absolutely sensational. I think they're going to take their... um, Well, they're just guns. I think we all know that just watching them, let alone from the the fantasy angle as well. And I think if I'm choosing between them, it's Butters because he's a little bit cheaper. And I actually think that Butters could nearly um, rack up a few more points than Rosie this year. So they're, they're both guns. And I think I'll definitely be starting with at least one of them. But I know my mate Roy that I do the podcast with, he's got both. And... He's pretty confident on that. So, yeah, they are probably three players that I'll have. And actually, I will throw in there. And this is not just because we're talking SENSA. Uh, Rory Laird, he's in my team as well. And I think he's someone that has been at the top end before. He averaged over 120 a couple of years ago. And he could do that again. He finished off the year pretty well after a little bit of a slow start. We sort of um, look at, well, a lot of stats when we're doing our stuff here. Round one last year, I think it was 40 degrees for him. He only scored a 50-odd Point game and um, after that though he started getting it together and and hopefully that's how he starts this season and he can offer a little bit of value for us at the top end.
2: So a couple of your locks there, Lad, Rosie and Butters. You're keeping the South Australian fans over here very happy. Warning. Now <laughs> I want to know. This might be a tough one to answer, but. In my draft league last year, I took Dacos, Nick Dacos, at pick 26. Who is this year's Nick Dacos? Who is the player that won't be taken in the top 10, 20 picks and you think might be ready to explode?
3: Well, it's a good question. Like, Dacos is amazing too. I think if you were starting, a lot of um, people like playing keeper leagues and um, that's something that I think um, if you had that pick one, I would be taking Nick Dacos with that. And that's a great get last year because you're, you clearly uh, would have had to have won your league last year with that, surely.
2: Um, oh, I think I lost the grand final. So thanks for bringing it up, but that's all right.
3: <laughs> no, but this year, I think that's a, it's a tricky thing because this year, you're looking for that breakout and that's the sort of player that you might see a little bit deeper. And um, well, let's go a little bit of South Australian flavour again. I like the way that Mitch Hinge finished off last season. So um, when Dudey was down, he, his points just sort of started skyrocketing there. And so he, at the moment, like he's... He averaged 75 last year, which is pretty good, but for a defender, if he can take that to that 90-plus average, which he was doing in the the back part of the season, that really puts him in the mix as one of those top players. So that's someone that I'll be keeping an eye on to get a little bit later in draft. And we do like a, a sleeper as such when we go through there, someone that might go a little bit later. But there's a few players as well that you have a look at what they did last season and you hope that they either might get back to where they are, but... You're looking in the midfield as a super value option. Um, I'm a big fan of George Wardlaw. I think he's someone that might be able to take his game in the second year. You have a bit of a second-year breakout and take that as a midfielder. So one of those are late picks because draft leagues are all different too because your customization is great in the game because you might have some, you know, sort of shallow leagues where you've just got a few players on field. But I play in one where we're, we're picking our 18 players on field each week in our draft league and that that's pretty deep. So you've got to find some of these players that are going to take to the next level. Well, I wanted to ask you about the forward Lining Classic bit thin this year just yeah. with losing a number of players who last year had the dual position status. It's tough. And so we've got Jack McRae at the top of the line there. So he averaged ninety two last season. And you can't trust um, him with Bevo. The numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's the other thing. We've got it's more than just looking at the stats. You've got to think about their coach. I know Bevo doesn't look after us fantasy coaches, but um yeah, he's at ninety two um, and he's a top player. So I think there were eleven defenders that averaged more than that. So the forward line does Seeing out and Dustin Martin came in at number two, and we had to go and check the stats and had to look and see if it was um, 2017 because it's been a while <laughs> since Old Dusty's been right up that high there in um in fantasy. But yeah, the Fords are going to be tricky, and I think if we're talking classic, I think we'll be looking at a lot of value players there. We might be trying to find those those real breakouts, and well, one of those let's talk SA again, and is like just for Shelley. so you're going to get a little bit more mid clock? He started last season getting some, and then he was sort of pushed out of. There. He's someone that might be one of those forward options that could be could be a look for us. But yeah, it'll be all about trying to choose those um, those mid price players or even a lot of those cheaper rookies as well. I think um, well, I've talked about there Harley Reed being the most picked player. Like he'll be on everyone's ground, and I think we'll need to have him there to make some cash. And he might stay in our side for quite some time because as as the season sort of progresses, it might take a little while for us to work out who these top forwards are that we actually want on our side when we are doing those upgrades and, and just bank in those big gun midfielders or the defenders to to rack up the points for us and let our forwards just uh, generate some cash, and it might be a little bit slowly in some cases.
2: So, when you mentioned those mid-price players, which I feel like are almost the hardest players in <laughs> the whole competition to nail, and I feel like I miss a couple each year. One I want to ask you about is Max Holmes. So, break-even of 76 from Geelong. has looked like he's ready to go and explode. Just hasn't quite taken his game to the next level. Your thoughts on him for this upcoming season?
3: Well, it was pretty good last year. So it's still average sort of mid-70s. And if there's any club that needs to uh, blood some youth and make sure we've got some uh, young fellas going through, it is the Cats. And I guess what his role will be and if he's going to get those uh, that midfield time. And one of the stats that we do like looking at is, um, and it's only come into vogue in probably the last... Three or four years is the um, the center bounce attendances so that 's something we 'll monitor over the preseason if they 're right up there and he looks like he 's in the mix of one of those top two or three um, midfielders for the cats like he'd be a great selection and and it could be a nice classic pick but that 's the type of guy that you 'll go in your draft side um, yep yeah, you could nail that because he 's coming in like last season he was the basically the 70th best midfielder um, based on average and if you look at your rankings and you go, well, I think he can probably make that top 30, top 40. He could be a definite on-field starter for you. But like you said, with nailing the mid-prices, it is one of the hardest things. And we're pretty blessed in, in different years where we've seen that. Like um, getting those players that can pop like that and watching these pre-season games coming up, that's that's usually where we try to find um, some of these guys. And not too many secrets are left on the table then because you're trying to find these guys that might be yeah finding a role in their side because the First thing is you want to make sure that they're going to be in their best 22 as the season commences.
1: All right, Warnie, before we let you go, who's the player you'd love to hate?
3: Oh, i love to hate. Well, I'm a bomber supporter, so there's probably too many.
0: Um, <laughs> um, I've
3: to a lot of my mates. There's mates that give me plenty of rubbish about um, the bombers and the fact that, I don't know, is it 20 years or something like that that we're talking about now since that final win and all of that? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that the love to hate player... And fantasy changes things for you because if you get a nice um, a nice game out of someone, as much as you might dislike them, um, it it is tough like that. But I'm going to have to say, and I don't know how many people can um, even really hate this guy, but it's Sam Walsh. I think Carlton are probably my most hated team, but there's just something... It's the Carlton that I don't like about it, but it's just the fact that he's so good, so you have to love him. So that's where it is, and he's been a member of my fantasy team plenty of times, and I think he will be for plenty of years to come.
1: Warney, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it and giving us a bit of an insight on this year's fantasy.
3: No worries, and yeah, go and check out plenty of our info in the AFL record. That is out. Uh, on Thursday, so go and pick that up, and, um, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to pick a team. If you're a first-time player, there's plenty of stuff in there to to get you going, and if you're a long-time player, you'll look at that and maybe laugh at some of our ideas (laughs) there, especially some of the the get-up that we're wearing in that the the AFL record team really did stitch us up with what we had to wear this year.
1: Oh, beautiful. Thanks, Warnie. Thanks, Warnie.
3: No worries. Cheers, guys.
1: And you can catch uh, their podcast as well and social media. If you want to know more about Fantasy AFL, these are the guys you need to listen to 100%. Um, Men's, let's get into your sample preview. Um, Thanks to Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools.
2: So as mentioned, tonight we have my predictions for the teams that are going to finish 6th and 5th on the ladder this season in the sample. So I've already done a couple of nights worth, which was South Adelaide in 10th, West Adelaide in 9th, Port Adelaide in 8th, and the Eagles in 7th position. So far, I've predicted if you want to listen to those chats about those teams, then uh, you can get it on the podcast or on the SEN app. So in 6th position, I am putting the Central District Footy Club this year in 2024. Now, again, some of fans might not love that. After making finals and finishing fourth in 2023, it was a good year for the Dogs last year. Definitely. Uh, and if we have a look at some of their additions, they've got Kai Pudney across from Woodville, Mars come from East Perth, Gasper from Port Melbourne, Wilson Barry from Brisbane VFL, Monaghan has come across from GWS and it's good to see Jack Cullinan, Ian Cullinan's son, has gone to the Dogs as well. So they've picked up some players from some other leagues around the competition around Australia, which they've done in previous seasons as well, to great success. Some of their outs, have lost some experience. Justin Hoskin has retired. Luke Harble, the same thing. Dylan Weaver's moved on. Shea Linky has gone to Roxby Downs for employment purposes. Chris Olson's also moved on. So all the best to those guys in whatever they do in the future. Where's the dog's improvement this season? Well, a lot of guys have played 20 to 40 games now, and they're going to hope from, for some real natural progression from these guys, a bit more experience and maturity. But the other thing is I think a healthy Billy McCormack in the ruck will make a difference to this dog side. He's, he's – Had cracks in the last two years, but just had little niggly injuries and things that have kept him out for two, four, six and eight weeks. So hopefully he has a clean bill of health and can have a really good crack at it in the ruck for the dogs. Their strengths are clearly playing at home. Last year at X Convenience Oval, they made it probably the hardest road trip in footy. They won seven of their 10 games there. They win every game they played in at home. They they do play the Oval, the biggest ground in Australia, very well. Their weaknesses, well, it's their offense. They were second to last last year in offense and made the finals. They had the least amount of shots at goal in the competition. So what they did do is they made games scrappy and low scoring at times, which worked and it helped out their game plan, but it might not be sustainable come finals time. And I think they got found out a little bit there last season. Do you think the lowest scoring goes with the size of the Oval? No, I don't at all because you've got more space to be able to run and move. So, no, I, I, it's a good question because maybe it takes longer to get down there. Yeah. But then it's more congested on the smaller ovals. And you look at only, for example, that's not easy to kick a score. And that's the smallest level. So But it's a great question, you pose, bonds. Now, the list assessment, they've done a really good list build, let's be honest. To Rossi and to Greg Edwards, what they've yeah. done off-field there the last couple of years has been really well done. Their, their core group is in a really sweet spot age-wise and – They have a really solid top 8 to 10 players now. If you look at Presbury, Grace, Grant, Kendall, Lang, East, McCormack, they're all between the ages of 21 and 26, and even Whitlam's just 19. So they've got some good players that they can build around, some good pieces they can build around for the next few seasons. To have a successful 2024, they need that core that I mentioned to stay on the park and to be able to deliver away from home. They had the worst record away from home last year with a 2-6 and six win-loss record. So, if they're going to make it back to the finals, they're going to need to be better, I believe, away from home this year. I have them in sixth position. They could easily make the finals again, don't get me wrong. I yes. think they're going to be thereabouts, but I think it'll be tight around fifth position as it was last year. And on to fifth position, I've gone with North Adelaide to rebound this season. They finished sixth last year, so they would only be up one position. They got some good ins though. They, they brought Tar- Tariq Newchurch into the team from the Adelaide Crows. Uh, they've got Ruck across from the Bulldogs. Kim LaBoyce has come back as well. So a couple of ins that they've lost a lot of experience. Like Aaron Young out, um, uh, Andrew Moore, Jesse White, and Cameron Craig. So some real uh, mature heads there have left the club. It's always The improvement is it's always difficult to come back from such a heartbreaking grand final loss, and North showed that last year. Was, it was really difficult for them at times. Their offense was stifled, and with another preseason of training, you'd expect their offense to bounce back, and they were also the most inaccurate team at goal last year, which statistically you'd expect to improve. Their strengths is their best is still very good. The likes of Campbell Coombe, Sam Mays, Harrison Wig, Spina, Zekali, Mitch Harvey, Ramsey, and now New Church, they're all quality a lot of their stars will be around the ball as well which is where the game is won and lost their weaknesses are their inconsistency without doubt last season they weren't able to stop teams from getting a run on at times and and they and they got away from them in quarters they also lost the second most quarters in the competition last year which compared to the year before when they when they lost the second least it was a real Real down year for North Adelaide last year. They still finished sixth. Uh, the list assessment is they're a lot younger now with those guys that we've mentioned moving on. They've got some really good young players they're developing and they have a knack of finding guys like your Noah Casalini from nowhere, to be honest. Uh, what do they need to be successful? They need to bounce back and make the finals this year and that should be the minimum. The quality they have on this list, they are in the sweet spot spot to be able to contend. Um, for minus the mid tier players that need a stand up. They did it a couple of years ago. I think they'll be able to do that. They've got enough guys that can do that, that can complement that top end talent. And that's why I've got North Adelaide finishing in fifth position in the Sandford this season.
1: Yeah, I, look, I think they'll be the quickest team in the competition. Yep. Their outside run is going to be electric.
2: Yeah, and I think that they they did struggle a little bit with injuries, but also, again, off the back of that grand final loss, I think with a good preseason they'll bounce back this season. Okay, a couple more sample
1: teams tomorrow night. Here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.com sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. It's available at Bunnings Warehouse. We'll do a rapid fire. True or false, men's? Sports Day SA. On
2: Cruise
0: 1323 and
3: 1629
1: SENSA. $20 Off for five months with Mate Internet. Use the promo Save 20 with Mate Internet. Uh, True or false? We say a statement and then we say whether it's true or false.
2: Yeah, I'm going to start first off the back of talking to Warnie then, Bonds. True or false? Brodie Grundy will be the number one Ruckman in AFL fantasy this year. False. Big Max, Like it. In my opinion. Uh, The
1: AFL season should start in February, the week after the international cricket finishes.
2: Uh, false. Long enough season as it is. I'm okay with a couple of weeks in between sports effectively. We've got the Super Bowl on Monday as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, one more on the AFL fantasy bonds. Nick Dacos will be the number one player this year in AFL fantasy. That is true. I like it. I might pick him at one. Uh, the state government should build a new baseball stadium on the fringe of the city. So true. Absolutely. I mean, West Beach. It's okay down there. But, uh, but it's a bit dated as well. It is. It would be, imagine the turnout you'd get oh. if they did that. It'd be. They could do so many things down by the river, to be completely honest, yep. if anyone's listening. Bonds, the 36ers will win out and make the playoffs. Uh, that is false. Ooh, I think, they've, I think they've
1: lost too many games. Yeah. I don't think they're going to sneak in. It could happen. Um, men's. Esport is not a sport.
2: Oh, that's... Oh, God. I really battle with this one because I would have said true a long time ago, but I feel like it's shifting. I'm going to say false. The people are making money off it. They're yep. Calling themselves athletes. Yep. False. Not an athlete. <laughs> Sit there and twiddle your thumbs. Anyway, go on. Uh, Bonds, Norwood and North will both bounce back and
1: make finals in the sample this year. True. Oh, yeah. They're in my five. Uh, last one for you, men's uh, Chicken sausages are better than beef sausages on a barbie.
0: Oh, uh,
2: false. False. Beef beef is just more... Oh, Sammy likes pork. Beef's more safe. Last one for me, the party hole at the Phoenix Open this weekend beats the Super Bowl. Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Super Bowl. It's good, though. (laughs) Oh, look, we ran out
1: of time. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow on the Summer Edition of Sports ASA. Bonds and men saying goodbye.
0: Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.